are greatly to be praised. We're so grateful, we're so thankful for the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has redeemed us unto God. You brought us into that place of overcoming victory. We thank you for the strength of the Spirit of the living God that will cause us to be strengthened in our inner man, to be rooted and grounded and established in the love of God, that we might truly see others as you see them, that we truly might sense and understand the power and the anointing of God that rests upon our life, that as we look out across the span of humanity and the sphere of our influence, that that anointing and the eyes to see, the love of God in our hearts will cause us to stretch forth your hand, to bring forth your word with boldness that we truly might see lives changed by your power. That Jesus, you'd be magnified and that you'd be glorified. We thank you, Lord, for all that you are doing that all you'll continue to do in our midst. We thank you for this day. We ask you for that spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. That the eyes of hearts will be flooded with light that we might know what is the expectation of your calling upon us, your church in these days, in this time. For it is a time, it is a season in which you are pouring out your spirit upon all flesh. And as we've entered into that day and that time and that hour of an outpouring of the spirit of God, even though it may seem like just a sprinkling, you are preparing the earth. You are preparing for such a time of the rain, the early and the latter rain. And as the rain falls upon all people, the just and the unjust alike, I thank you that the church will realize a fresh and anointing, new oil, and, and new wine. God, I thank you for that spirit of God developing on the inside of us, the anointing coming upon us. And I thank you the fields out there will be grain, harvest of the earth. So we thank you, Lord, for this day, this season, and this time. We thank you for this day that you've made for us. We rejoice and we expect that the gift that you placed in the body will be activated by our expectation and bring forth that anointing and that word that will equip us to do work of ministry in our sphere of influence. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. amen. Good morning, church. How are you this morning? Praise the Lord. Well, welcome. We want to welcome everybody who's joining us live stream. Welcome, Meeker Campus. Uh, we are just thrilled. We are excited about what God is doing in our time, and uh, we're just blessed today. And so I want you to look at somebody next to you and say, greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. And you can be seated. I just want to remind you of a couple of things. Just remember, we have corporate prayer uh, at 8 o'clock Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday morning. And uh, Thursday and Friday morning, we have other prayer times that you can get involved in. Uh, but we have corporate prayer Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at 8 o'clock in the morning. I want to remind you, May uh, 17th is a special service. Mark your calendar. Uh, Wednesday night, Jesse Duplantis will be with us May 17th. And so you want to mark your calendar uh, for that. And so just those couple of announcements. Um, let's see. Um, I'm going to. Uh, how many overall both nights? Six, praise the Lord. So we have 14 people make a decision for Jesus Christ over the last seven days. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so important, all of heaven is rejoicing at lives being changed. And so uh, we are uh, thankful for what God is doing, what he's doing in your life. And uh, how many of you are expecting something this morning? Amen. We are so blessed and we're honored, privileged to have uh, Jim and Aaron Hockaday with us today. Uh, they have some tremendous things. You know, Jesus gave gifts unto men. 
And those gifts that he gave unto men are for the equipping of the saints to do work of ministry. And so I want you to have an expectancy for your own life. If you have a need, an expectancy. Uh, But if you're thinking, you know, well, I don't have a need of healing, have an expectancy to be equipped to minister from your own life. All right? And your expectancy will draw things from the gift that you may not even know or imagine, but God has prepared for you. So open up your hearts, put your hands together, give a warm Glenwood Springs welcome to Jim Hockaday as he comes to minister to us. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Praise the Lord. How many are thankful to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. Sure beats being in jail. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's really good to be around those who love the Lord. There's always a feeling that's safe. Amen. I love that feeling. Every church we go to and uh, all around the world, I know your pastors will vouch for this as well, going to other countries. You know, people may talk a little different. Uh, cultures may be different. But when people know Jesus, there's always that same love and just that feeling of safety around somebody that loves the Lord. Amen. So uh, it's good to be here this morning. Uh, I want to introduce my wife, Erin, uh, if she'd stand for a moment. Praise the Lord. We're in a real fun season where we get to travel all the time together now, which is awesome. We ha- uh, raised three daughters. Um, we didn't have any boys, but our first uh, grandchild was a boy. So amen, I'm taking advantage of that. And uh, second one was a girl, third one now is a boy, and uh, we'll see what the fourth one in uh, July, August is going to be. So the family's growing. That's awesome. And uh, now they're actually out of the house, and they're out of the house. Because at one point they were out, but then they came back, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean by that. And so we're really enjoying our time together uh, traveling. It's been really extensive. Uh, just seems like people are hungry for uh, miracles, for healings to experience God. Look at what's taking place in college campuses. Amen. It's just, it's just a start, though. You know, what we're seeing is just a start. Uh, you know, as things uh, progress, it'll shut business down. It'll shut down the way of life. As revival progresses, it, it'll get too strong for people to just go about their daily business. Amen. And someone may be thinking, oh, dear God, please don't shut down my business. No, it's not going to be anything that's going to hurt anything. It's, it's going to help. It's going to stimulate. People are going to end up finding God in ways. And, and you're not going to just be able to come in and just have a 20-minute sermon. The presence of God will just be so strong, you won't want to leave. Amen. And you may be a clock watcher, you know, or clock watcher. Yeah, I guess I was saying that right. You may be always looking at your watch and, and just trying to figure out, is he done yet? But you know there will be a day coming where you'll take your watch off and you won't care. Amen. And this is what's getting ready to, to come to the planet right before Jesus comes. We're in that day and that time. We're in that hour where people are getting hungry. Praise the Lord. They just don't want church, if you will, as normal or usual, where that kind of means, you know, we come and we pretty much know what we're going to expect. They just want God to show up. Praise the Lord. And that's what we all want. We just want to be touched by the Lord. Amen. You know, without getting into this, if you looked at the faith chapter in Hebrews 11, 
that we call the faith chapter, where everybody in there, it says, by faith Noah, by faith Enoch, by faith Abel, by faith, you know, Abraham, and then Sarah, and on and on and on it goes. In fact, Paul said there's not enough time to list all the people that did amazing things through faith. Well, if you look at those that are listed, almost every single one except one individual had an encounter with God first. And then they responded by faith. One individual did it the opposite way. His name is Enoch. He used his faith to have the encounter. Now, the difference is the ones that had an encounter and then responded needed to have another encounter to respond again. Enoch used his faith to have an encounter, and then he learned how to have that encounter on his own so many times that for 365 years, he was going to heaven and coming back to earth and going to heaven and coming back to earth, going to heaven and coming back to earth until he just went ahead and stayed. So notice the difference. See, we're a people that have come out of a movement of faith for a reason, so that we can use our faith to encounter God, but then we can become so good at it and skilled at it, you can encounter Him every day. Because, you know, the idea in Christianity is always limitation, and it didn't come from Christianity, it came from the world, but we bought into it. In other words, there's only one day that you can actually tell your mom that you really love her and appreciate her. And the same goes for dad. Sorry, but you only get one day. Well, can't you tell me now? Not until June. <laughs> and there's only one day or one season. Now the season is stretched out a lot longer that we actually magnify Jesus as God's son that came to the earth and was born as a baby. It's gone now through all through December. It kind of goes into November. And some people even start in the music in October. In our town in Castle Rock, they don't take down the lights until the end of January. So it's really stretched out. You know, I mean, bravo for the world. I mean, they're at least stretching that one out. But we only get a weekend to magnify his death, burial, and resurrection. See, limitations and boundaries, but of the Spirit and of God, there are none. Amen. So if you had a really good steak like a year ago, you should probably have it again. You say, well, I'd have to go to a certain town to have it. Go. Just for the reason of, of conditioning yourself to have something amazing over and over and over and over again. So if God blessed your life 30 years ago with an unchangeable experience, but it's been 30 years since you've had another one, then you don't get credit for the third one you had 30 years ago. Because it's not 30 years ago what God did to me. It's what He did right here this morning, right here today, and what He's going to do this afternoon, and how you're going to find Him this afternoon, and experience Him tomorrow morning, and then the next morning, and so on and so forth, until you become a junkie where you need God. I mean, the idea that addictions came from the devil, I'm sorry. He's a perverter of everything. You see, the whole idea of an addiction is I experience God and I can't wait to experience Him again. Can somebody please direct me to Him again? I'd really like to sit with Him this afternoon and talk. And Oh my gosh, it was so amazing. Can we do this again tonight? You see, that's what grace did. 
it, I, I feel so bad when people talk about the grace message and don't realize what it really did. The idea that people would use the message of grace to authenticate their sin and say it's okay to just be sinful and stay the way we are. That has nothing to do in the world with the message of grace. The message of God's grace is he removed all of our sin and every reason why you would be hindered to spend 24-7 time with God and progress like a rocket taking off in your relationship with him where you can't get enough, where you're just addicted on God. Amen. Because, you know, when we get to heaven and 20 billion years later, you're not going to be going, is this all there is? Is there another option? Because there is, but you won't like it. You're going to be more in love with Jesus 20 billion years from now in glory than you ever were the moment you stepped into glory. And the wow factor will never stop. I feel like it's really interesting. I think we should not wear socks in heaven just because he's going to blow your socks off. So just keep them off and just expect to enjoy him again and again and again and again. Amen. Well, I'm preaching some of the things that actually I've written in my new book that we're going to have coming out probably in the next couple of months. It's called What's Next, Papa? And the way, uh, reason why uh, we shared that um, or actually came up with that title is because over in Romans chapter 8, it tells us that he's our Abba Father, which is a term of endearment. The Message Bible says this is not a grave-tending life, but an expected, adventurously, what's next, Papa life. And I really like that. And now that I'm a grandpa and I've got a little boy named Theo and he's three years of age and I'm already teaching him to golf and everything. And so if we're, you know, doing FaceTime, he's always golf, golf, golf. You know, he's learning how to talk. He doesn't really care about talk. He cares about playing, you know. So he's learning slowly to talk. And, um, but, you know, he can't get enough. And when you're around him, if you play with him, then he's bringing you another toy. If you're going to play ball with him, don't look away, you'll get hit in the head, okay? Because he wants more. And you know, that's just how our Father is in heaven. And so we, we've written a book about experiencing God, taking the limitations off so that you can actually find him every single day. Now, I'm not talking about finding the idea of God, the concept of God. I'm not talking about worshiping someone you've never met. I'm talking about meeting him, tangibly experiencing God. Oh, brother, be careful now going after experiences. You know, you could get the devil. You know, I don't know who came up with that, but that doesn't serve well the church. It serves well the devil. Like if we can scare you to think you'll get a devil when you're actually wanting to worship God, that'll cause you to not want to worship God. Now, the only one that would come up with that is someone that doesn't want you to find God. Because if you find him and you can find him again, now you've got a different lifestyle. Everything about our relationship with Jesus is supposed to be tangible. Do you know that your physical man and your physical senses are but a mere reflection of your spiritual man with your spiritual senses? When you come alive unto Christ, your spiritual senses come alive unto God. Now you can hear, smell, taste, see and touch heaven while you're still in a human body. Now, I don't, I don't know that that actually inspired, but maybe three or four. 
I said, you can touch heaven while you're still in a human body. This is the secret to Jesus' life. He said, while I walked in a human body, I lived out of heaven. He was in constant contact with God, his Father. He didn't do anything unless he saw his Father do it. He didn't say anything unless he heard his Father say it. What does that say? He was really aware of God. And you can become so aware of him, he's no longer an idea. He's a person. Whoa, God is real. Yes, he is. And the more real you allow him to be, allow him, yes, it's about allowing him. Remember in Philippians chapter 2, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The whole idea of letting it means you have to give yourself permission to experience God. Because the way you've grown up is in a certain pattern and habit and routine that is not experiencing Him unless you are. There's nothing about my upbringing. I was saved at four years of age. I've been saved for 57 years. Well, on one hand, that's good. But on another hand, maybe it's not so good. You say, what do you mean? Well, I've been married for 31 years. And I have testimony after 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 testimony. I could stand here till the sun comes up for weeks and talk about the things my wife and I have experienced. How come? Because I didn't marry a love letter. I married a person. Some people's relationship is all in the book. See, I didn't know that when I was young. Oh, I'd preach the gospel. I'd get people saved at four years of age. I used to go into the closets. You say, how come? Because the preacher said, you go into the closet, you close the door, and you pray. I didn't know any difference, so I'd take my friends into the closet, and i close the closet. And then I would quote them the Roman road. For the wages of sin is death, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There is none righteous, no, not one. All sin and fall short of the glory of God. Confess with your mouth, believe with your heart, thou shalt be saved. For the heart man believes in the righteous, confession is made in salvation. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I'd say, do you want to be saved? And if they said yes, we'd have a quick salvation, then we'd go play. If they said no, I'd hold their head down until they said yes. No one told me how to do that. I just came up with that on my own. But as I got older, then I actually found out I couldn't do that anymore. I wasn't as big as maybe somebody else was, so I had to come up with other tactics. So I came up with scaring hell out of them. So I began to study end-time scripture, and I'd say, he's almost coming. He's here. Can you feel the fire? Can you feel the heat? And they'd say, oh, my, I don't want him to come just yet. You can know Jesus as you're, yes, I'm in, I'm in. So I'd scare it out of them, you know. But see, in my church, they didn't say that God was a tangible God. We knew he was with us, but that didn't change our circumstances. That's why we worked so hard to change them ourselves. See, we accepted so readily that we had to use man to help us, but we prayed that God, if it was his will, would also help us. So there was nothing absolute it was always mixture. And Jesus said he'd spew out of his mouth mixture. Why? Because mixture doesn't help you to know that you're not going anywhere. 
Like the guy that actually created the bicycle, he meant for people to go from point A to point B. You could go to town in a bicycle. You wouldn't have to clean up on the road what, you know, took place from the horse, and uh, you wouldn't need to feed it. You could actually just ride it. But if he came to a modern-day spin class, and there were 50 bikes, and people were going nowhere, but they were sweating profusely as they rode their bikes, he would probably think, what are you doing? Well, we're riding our bikes. Where are you going? Oh, you don't go anywhere. You just spin. Oh. And he would probably think, that's not what I created this for. I mean, I'm glad you're enjoying it and you are getting exercise, but I really meant for you to go somewhere. Right? And see, that's Christianity. So here I've got all kinds of experiences with my wife. How long can I stand here and tell you experiences with God? Not near as long as I can with my wife. How come? Because it wasn't necessarily portrayed that way. Christianity was more portrayed about you're here. Let's all just have a shouting service because we made it to the building. But really, you are the building. Amen. Amen. The building is beautiful as it is, and I love the building. You say, how come you love it so much? Because we're looking for one, and I look at this one, I think, wow, that's awesome. (laughs) But you're the building. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I was going to go to a scripture, but just took off like a rocket. It's nice to see you all. Praise the Lord. We really enjoy your pastors very much. You've got great pastors. Would you give them a hand? Amen. You know, they actually love you guys. They're not just doing this because it's a job. Uh, they, they love you. They really want to see your lives just explode with experiences of God and find Him and enjoy Him. Amen. And so I'm so thankful to be connected with pastors like, like what you have here at this church. Amen. The Bentliffs are special. Praise the Lord. So uh, uh, a couple of things just before we get started here, and I, I realize I only have a few moments, but God's going to heal people, and, and, and you'll want to come back, praise the Lord, either the second service or tonight's service or tomorrow's service, or maybe everyone. Amen. So we do have a, a few things of product, and there's only one reason why we bring it, and it's not to try to sell it, because if we sold everything out there, it really wouldn't change my life financially, Okay. Uh, we mark the prices down a lot. In fact, this book right here is just $5. It's a, it's a commentary to the Gospel of John called the Miraculous Gospel of John. The commentary in there is kind of slanted toward if you can think like Jesus, then you can actually act like Jesus. So, so when he does something, I say, why did he do that? When he says something, what made him say that? So we get into the mind of Christ. You know, we have the mind of Christ. Do you know what's in the mind of Christ? What's in the mind of Christ is the consciousness of every victory of Christ. In other words, uh, if there's somebody in here that's, uh, well, I know there are someone here because Lynn and Jessica are, are uh, friends of ours and helping us in the healing center down in Castle Rock. Well, Lynn is very, very proficient in the area of computers. If I had the mind of Lynn concerning computers, I would sit down without any apprehension at all, and fix every problem. Because right now, I have a temptation to take my printer over my head 
and for the joy of watching it just shatter on my concrete driveway, just want to do away with it, just to tell it that you can't do what you're doing, I'm in control. I mean, I don't know if you ever have had a thought like that, but I, ha I, know I burn a little hot, okay? And so I have to control some of that because it won't print. It acts like it's printing, but the sheet comes out blank, and that bothers me. But if I had the mind of Lynn, I would have already fixed it. So see, that's why I have to actually ask him to come over and fix it for me because he has the mind. And when he sits down at a computer, I've watched him. It's always kind of like a dee, 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 dee. You just do this, you do this. Are you sure you're going to, oh, yeah, yeah. Computers are, you know, you, we, we know how they work. And so we just go one step at a time here and then here. And then this will work here and that will work here. I'm thinking, you, you, you make it look like you're enjoying it. I don't enjoy anything about it. If you have the mind of Christ... You begin to see yourself having already been there, done that, and there's not this tension, apprehension. It's the joy of raising somebody up from the dead, the joy of lifting somebody out of a wheelchair, the joy of seeing a blind eye open up. There's not any effort involved into it. You've already conquered that. That's in his mind. And the closer you get to him, praying in other tongues, the worship time that we spend, letting him be real, all of a sudden you start thinking like him, and it'll freak you out because you'll end up doing something just like him, and you'll think, was that me or was that him? Was that him or was that me? And the truth is, it's both of you. Hmm, that's so, so good, so good. Anyhow, Erin, uh, the last thing she said to me is don't, don't talk too long about these. Okay, so there's an Identity Crisis book out there, and there's a Living in the Miraculous book out there. <laughs> Amen. Let's go over here to 1 Thessalonians. <laughs> Amen. Wow, thank you, Lord. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. Rejoice always. Mm. He doesn't give us any room there, does he? He doesn't give us any room there. No wiggle room on always. Do you mean like when we're in church? No, always. When I'm at home? No, always. There's no wiggle room. You know, if you give people wiggle room, they'll always take it. That's why the Word of God is absolute. It's black and white. Why? Because you should be able to know I'm either actually loving God or I'm actually not. I'm going in His direction or I've, on purpose I'm going in the wrong direction. Amen? Amen? And then it says pray every once in a while when you feel like it. As, as long as you're in a prayer group, you know, when you come on Wednesday nights and we have prayer service. You know, it says what? Pray without ceasing. So prayer, let's talk about that for a moment. Prayer, very simple, in its simplest form, is interaction with God. Communion, interaction. Interaction goes both ways. It's not you talking to God and God never talking to you. It's what? It's a conversation. You're talking, he's talking. You're talking, he's talking. You're interacting with him being with you. Sometimes you don't even have to talk to be with somebody, and there's communication going on. That happened a lot with my father because he didn't talk a whole lot. We'd ride in the car, and just feeling his presence gave me such absolute comfort and joy and safety, a feeling of, man, you know, I, I, can, I can beat the world. My dad's with me. And then, of course, he'd usually always say, let's go get a milkshake, and that was always awesome. 
interacting with God how often? Always. Wow, what does that look like? So come on, if you will, over to Luke and chapter 9, because I want you to see something else here. And we only have a few minutes here, but uh, God's going to heal some people in just a few moments. I still remember the last time I was here, and it was a long time ago, I remember saying, just for fun. See, some of you didn't, didn't know maybe why I said what I said, but I said, why don't we have uh, someone healed in their stomach? Why don't we have somebody healed in their shoulders? Why don't we have somebody healed in their knees? Why don't we have somebody's eyes healed? Why don't we have somebody healed of migraines? And I, I listed off about 15 things. Now, I just made them up. Because why not? I said, why not? Why not have? I didn't say the Lord said, but why not? I mean, if there's someone in here, you've got something wrong, why not be healed? Why not? Shouldn't you? Jesus looked at that woman, bowed over, and he said, look at this woman. After all these years, shouldn't she be healed? Why not? Didn't need a word of the Lord on that. Someone's got a problem. Let's go ahead and fill that problem. And I remember over on this side of the auditorium, every time I'd look over here, somebody would go like this, and then they'd go like this. They'd go like this, and then they'd go like this. I don't know who it was, if they're still here. And then I'd keep preaching. And then I'd look over, and then as soon as I looked over, they'd do this at me, and they'd do this at me. They'd do this at me, and they'd do this at me. And so finally, after a while, I stopped looking over to that side because every time I would, it almost tickled me, and I wanted to laugh. But as soon as I got done, the first person I looked to was, I said, now, tell me your story. Give me your testimony. And they said, well, I had laser surgery done to my eyes. The one eye was perfect, but the other eye went the opposite direction. And while I've been sitting here, I've been checking it. And I said, yes, I know. <laughs> and they said, it's just as good now as the other one. And someone would say, well, you know, I want that. Well, notice what they did with the information that was given as to the reason why they had that. In other words, what's the possibility someone's hip is being healed right now and someone's lungs are being free from not being able to breathe deep like you ought to be able to breathe deep, whether that's asthma or some other type of disease in your lungs? What's the possibility that someone's uh, uh, neck area that affects uh, headaches, that all those headaches are leaving you right now for good, forever, never to have another one? Maybe, just maybe, some things like that are happening in this room. Well, it gives you the reason to say that. Well, this next verse, look at what it says here in Luke and chapter, uh, chapter 9, and we'll st start at verse 29, and I'm reading out of the Passion, and it says, as he prayed, now prayer is what? Interaction with God. As he interacted with God, his face began to glow until a blinding glory streamed from him. A radiant glory illuminated his entire body. His brightness became so intense that it made his clothing blinding white as multiple flashes of lightning. Now, how, how long did that take for that to actually manifest? It says, as he interacted with God. It didn't say after four hours of interaction. It didn't say after four months of interaction. It said as he interacted with God, as he prayed. The moment he engaged his heart toward God, look at what began to work on the inside, moving to the outside. Oh, we sell ourselves so short. 
We'll worship God without any thought that something's actually churning and moving and manifesting. And so because we don't look for it, then we don't see it. And when you don't see it, then you think maybe it's not working. And it's only for those that have been in the ministry. you got to be a prophet or an evangelist or a pastor or a teacher. you got to be some special person in order for this to work. Not knowing that this is just a part of prayer or interacting with God every day, all day long for any believer. Because, you know, what does a believer do best? He believes, for crying out loud. That's right. What does a dog do? It barks. What does a cat do? It meows. Now, it would be really, really funny to see a dog all of a sudden go, meow, and it's like, okay, something's wrong. But believers, on purpose, do what? They are really good at believing. And this is what happens the moment you begin to pray. So in this room right here, tangibly, I know there's stuff going on. Why? We've been engaged. Jesus talking to the woman at the well in the Message Bible, he said, you need to engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. I was in uh, um, Texas at a, at a friend's church. Uh, Brecken Christian's church, and here he dabbled on the side in uh, selling cars. So he said to me one day, he said, would you like to go to the auction? I said, I've never been to an auction. That'd be so fun. And we went to this auction, and we were looking around, and of course, I'm thinking about my middle daughter, Drew. She just uh, turned, you know, whatever age she was, 16 or 17, you know, had her license, and we were thinking of, of getting her a car, but not a car that was great, just a car that, because you're sure she's going to ding it, a car. He said, how are you so sure about that? My, our oldest daughter, Allie, when we got her a car, we got her a Mini Cooper. A Mini Cooper. And the first time she pulled into a parking spot, she actually creased her friend's truck. Now, it came off, so there was nothing, you know, it didn't hurt anything. But I said, honey, how'd you do that with a Mini Cooper? You could have put it in sideways, sweetheart. I don't know, Dad. I said, well, there was a lot of room right there for that mini Cooper. So we learned right away, you know, don't get a real nice one. So we had about six, six, almost 7,000 we, we had. We, we thought we could get a car. And here I saw this really nice Audi TT. Now, the whole shape of that car is a girl's car. Like a guy probably shouldn't be in that car, Okay. And it was yellow, so for sure, it's a girl's car. <laughs> Leather seats, chrome wheels, really nice. I'm thinking there's no way. And here it was in our, our price range. One of the problems was there was a problem with the ignition. We had to get that fixed, and we did. And, uh, but anyhow, so I didn't have time to look inside except just to see that the, the leather interior was real nice. We bought that car. And I sent a picture of it to my daughter, Drew. She says, oh, this looks amazing. I said, I'm driving it home, hon. And then I got in the car and realized, oh, no, it's a standard shift. <laughs> a six-speed. Now, that didn't bother me because I'm of the generation, and this will tell your age, how many people learn to drive on a three in a tree or a four on the floor? Okay, you're my age. So I'm ready to have fun and drove it all the way home, having fun, got it home in the garage. 
I pull it out. She comes out. She says, wow, this is awesome. And opened the door. She looked inside. The first thing she said is, what's that? <laughs> and I said, well, honey, that's the clutch. And then the second thing she said is, do I have to use it? <laughs> I said, well, it all depends. If you just want to rev the engine and act like you're driving and sit in the, car and sit in the garage, no, you don't have to use it. But if you want to go down the road, <laughs> you've got to use it. And then she said this, how many times do I have to use it? I said, how many numbers are on that little tiny stick shift right there? She said six. I said, you get to go six up, and you get to go six back down. Guess who drove that little girl's car? Uh-huh. There was only one time where I actually felt okay. It's when a yellow truck pulled up, and I wanted to say, hey, buddy, pray the Lord. You got to engage your spirit. See, stuff's in this room, but you got to actually engage your heart in the spirit, in other words, or your spirit in the pursuit of truth or the pursuit of reality. So I'm just starting out, okay? We've got another service in just a few moments, and then tonight we got a little bit more leeway. That doesn't mean stay, you know. Uh, we, we're in a ministry We've been asked to go to this ministry uh, multiple times now. It's called the Hub Ministry of Chicago. And it means, what does it mean? His united body. But the joke is, it means here until breakfast. Because they'll just stay, you know, forever. So it doesn't mean tonight, because we have more leeway. We're going to... We're going to stay till breakfast, or even we're going to stay till midnight. No, no, we'll move things along. Joe Morris is the one that always coined the phrase that said, if you want to be asked back, be, be uh, short, funny, and have miracles. You'll get asked back. But we can't do much more today except to let you know that every time you're in a pursuit of truth or what's real, or you engage your heart towards the Lord, how often does he want you to do that? without ceasing. What does that look like? Find Him. Find Him? Find Him. Well, how do I find Him? The number one way to find Him, and you should have no problem in Colorado, is in nature. Romans chapter 1. Even those reprobates will have no excuse. Why? The intrinsic value of God that's invisible has been placed in the visible things which he has made. Lord, look at that beautiful bald eagle right there. That's so awesome. Thank you for showing me that. You know how much I like to see one. Okay, so this sounds a little funny. Oh, really? Then what about Jesus saying, have you looked at the flowers? Have you looked at the birds? What was he, what was he trying to say? He was trying to direct your attention to there's essence and stories of me everywhere and you're missing them because you're not looking for them. And you're fussing about things that mean absolutely nothing. Like, do you have the latest style? So if you'd stop fussing about those things, which I'll make sure you have plenty of them, find me. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Find me. And what way did He give us as the lowest level of finding God? And that is, find Him everywhere within the world He created. Not the world man created. Come on, go to New York City, Times Square on a beautiful clear night. Can you see the stars? No. 
Why? Because the brightness of all those billboards and the lights of the city cast a hue where you can't see past it. If you go 30 miles west, one time I said 30 miles east, that's actually in the ocean. But anyhow, 30 miles west <laughs> into the Catskill Mountains, you can find God everywhere. Why? Because there's no essence of man. It's God's world. So the moral of that story is the closer you buy into society, the less chance you'll have of experiencing God. If you'll step back into God's world, you find Him everywhere. And if you can find Him in one area, you can find Him in all areas. Who's struggling with pains in your hips? Who's struggling with uh, lungs that can't breathe deep? Who's struggling with headaches that come and they don't go as fast as you'd like them to? In this room right here today. Anybody? Yeah? Yeah? What about you? Headaches? What about you? Lungs? Yeah? Come on up here. I'll knock that out of you. Amen? There's more than one way to get rid of it. But if you're okay with this, put your hand out. I'm going to hit you about that hard, right in the chest. You'll start breathing deep. Is that okay? Make sure everything's attached so it don't come, anything come flying out. <laughs> Amen? Father, I just, that's it, right there. In the wonderful name of Jesus, amen. These lungs will never be the same. Thank you for it. Amen. Brother, just bend over because that's usually how you get, you can get a real good back type of a deep breath where you feel your back expanding. Do some more of that because it starts to feel good when you can get a real deep breath feels like you're human again. Amen. Yeah. When's the last time you ran without packing? A couple years? You, while I'm working with somebody else, you want to, there's a door right there. You want to give it a, yeah, yeah. Why don't you just give a little. I'll practice it on the way out. I'll be right back. Yeah, yeah, just do a little, just do a little. We're here. We're here. In fact, why don't somebody, John, why don't you go with him? Amen. Anybody else? Yeah, Aaron, come on up here. This doesn't define you, does it? No. Amen. We sang a song this morning about, you know, the breath in our lungs and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we sing lots of songs. That we don't necessarily believe. You know, I mean, it's true. I'm not getting on anybody's case, but I mean, sometimes we ought to think about the songs we're singing. Do I believe that? Like there's a song years ago that people would sing, I believe you're my healer. I believe you are all I need. But they've got, you know, four or five doctor's appointments in that next week and Come on, remember, absolute. If you want to find God, you got to get absolute. Well, you're talking against that. Listen, I want you healthy. And if your heart is in a place where you want a doctor, get a good one. Because not all of them are as good as some of them. Do you agree with that? 
Does everybody play basketball on the same level? Okay, so if your life depended on the best basketball player, wouldn't you get the best one? If it depended on a doctor, wouldn't you want to get the best one and make sure they're giving you the right medication? We're going to try this. Try. Hmm. Okay, because they're in a practice, which means not all the time do they know 100%. This is exactly what you need. Sometimes they do, and praise the Lord for the times they do. But the times they don't, you better use your faith. Right? I mean, have you ever listened to the drug commercials? When they're talking English, they're showing you all these pretty little pills, a pink one, a purple one, or this one, or that one. But when they're not talking English, they're talking so fast, but they're telling you, you're going to die when you take this. Exactly. Like the number, one, the, the number one side effect to a depression medication is depression. Yes. Now, finally, the FDA and the Pfizer's coming out to say, well, people actually do get depression from taking depression medication. Oh, you've known that all along. Are we not seeing some things about what's happening in our society? I'm not against anybody having doctors. What I'm against is the mixture where you can't locate yourself as to what you believe. Because then you're floundering and there's no faith grabbing a hold of something to make it work. My wife's going to put her hands on you when she does. There's going to be fire going back and forth between your body. In the name of Jesus, we will not let you stay this way. But he touches you this morning, and his presence is so real, it makes your body well. Jesus. That's okay. That's all right. Everything is fine. Praise the Lord. The ushers are right there. They'll help you up. That presence that went into your body is your healing this afternoon, you're going to want to take a walk, and you'll experience breath that goes down so deep. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank God for that. Everybody, just lift up your hands for a moment. Just worship the Lord. We're almost done. Lift up your hands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Would you go check on John and, and our, 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 our blessing of a friend? Make sure they're not running to Denver, okay? In the Nenge, in Bolstein, Dira Jenny, as Darren Jenny Deste, and Jododro Romanenge to Prophetai, and the Deste, Fremadalendia Rosta. There's a breath, there's a breath, praise the Lord, a breath of God this morning that's breathing on people. It's not us, but it's God. Is there other people? Quickly come down here if you're some of the ones we called out, and we'll minister to you, and then we'll turn it right back over so the next service can get in. Quickly come down here, the ushers will help you. Yes, ma'am, what, what do you need for? Breathing, all right. My wife's going to put you put your hands on your chest like this. She's going to put her, that's it. There's a fire that comes, fire comes on you now. In the name, whoo, glory. You know, I want to say things, but God already healed you. He got to you before I could get to you. Amen. Start breathing and start moving and see what the Lord has done. What about you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen, amen, amen. Very, just, just a little touch of God. Uh, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. Did you feel that go into you? I yes. felt it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Headaches, right? Yep. Yep. Do you mind if I actually, in Jesus' name, that'll be the end of the headaches. They can't stay in the presence of the Lord. You can't have salt water, fresh water in the same tap. God now is greater than he that's in the world. 
And from this moment, brother, you'll see, praise God, change like never before. For the kiddos or for you? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, sweetheart. Hi. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we release these little ones and cover them in your precious protection, the blood of Christ. Father, I thank you that over this home right now, that which has come, it departs. You listen to me, dear one. I said it departs. And your home is changed. It departs. And you'll see it right here today with your physical eyes. And your body will feel it. What about you? Your hip. Yeah, well, you know what? I was going to pray for you, but then God already jumped on you. And I saw him healing you. So if you'll just start to turn, you'll see that the hip is just loosening up. Praise the Lord. Come on, walk with me. Walk with me. I was going to pray for you, but I saw him jump on you. Oh, you're going to run. That's right. You're going to run. Come on. What's going on? Don't worry. Everybody's looking at you. It's okay. What's happening? What's happening in that hip? Can you see sense God's in there? Yeah. Is it going to be the same? It'll be different, won't it? Amen. Will you look forward to doing something this afternoon? On purpose, because you can now? Isn't that awesome? Amen. That wasn't so bad, was it? No. No, I can tell you don't like to be in front of folks. That's okay. It's okay. I don't either. I just fake it. Amen. What about you? Your lungs. All right. Put your hand on her. In the name. Wow. Wow. Jesus' name. I knew that would come out. Praise the Lord. Just like that. What about you? Oh, fire's coming on you right now. You can't be the same. Amen. 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 What did you need, dear one? I just saw God touching you. I couldn't wait. Ooh, take some more of that. Take some more of that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Just enjoy the floor. Amen. Wow. Glory. Jesus sets you free, dear one. Amen. 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 Lungs. It's time, it's time to breathe. Amen. Is it because you? No. You get more oxygen than we do at Castle Rock. It's only 5,000-something here. Amen? Let's drive out all this lung stuff. Does anybody agree with me from this moment? This church is a zone that's free from any lung difficulty. And if you ever have a symptom, come to this building, the moment you step inside, you'll be free. Will you ag woo, agree with me about that? Thank you, Lord. Come on, we got one minute left. I have to turn it over. So you're the last one. What do you need? You stop breathing. So is that what's that called? Sleep apnea. apnea. Amen. And you stop breathing while you're sleeping. That is so unfair. Amen. Trying to have a good night's sleep and hear you die 20 to 30 times a night. Well, you're really good at being resurrected, aren't you? Because you look pretty alive to me. I'm going to thump that out of you because that makes me mad. Will you lift up your hands? I'm just going to tap your forehead here and put your hands on her. Jesus says you're healed today. 
and that'll stop. Amen. Somebody, who's, who's the, the other partner to this lady right here? Where's the husband? He's not here? Well, someone needs to tell him to pay attention to her sleeping tonight because she's going to sleep all night long. Amen. Do you agree? Praise the Lord. Lift up your hands. Let's give him praise for a moment. Father, we thank you so much for what you're doing, what you're continuing to do. And Lord, the next service will be even wilder in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank God you can get up and, man, get up with me right now. Come on. Come on. Get up with me. Do you know, do you know Jesus? He's got air in your lungs that you haven't even realized. Pull that down just a little bit. Pull that down. Come walk with me. You have to walk too because you're... You're not, you're not so attached to that little thing that you need it, do you? You've got a, you've got a gimpy hip? Smack your hip right now. No, smack it. And say, in the name of Jesus, my hip's perfect. And I'm going to prove it. Come with me right here. Come on. It doesn't even hurt. No, no. All these pains are leaving you. You're not that old. Okay. Well, then we're not going to accept it. And if we have to, we're going to run for the next hour. Run again. Now, do you realize something? Look at me. Look at me. Because you've been thinking about your back and your hip, you forgot about the fact that you weren't supposed to be able to breathe. Your breathings, do you know how many, how many times have you run like that before? In the last week, in the last month, in the last year? Haven't even been walking much. And we just ran like six times. But you weren't thinking about this because you were thinking about your hip. You've been letting the devil mess with you. I know, but I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Let me ask you a question. Did you raise kids? Yes. You did? Yes. Did you ever have to tell one of your kids, sit down, and I mean sit down now? Yeah. And did they obey you? Yes. If you have that skill set, you can tell the devil to sit down and make them sit down. Come to another service. Before we leave here on Tuesday, you'll be running and doing backflips. Okay, I'm done, I'm done. Praise the Lord. Well, just, you can be seated for just a moment. Ooh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Is it hallelujah? hallelujah? Praise the Lord. So, uh. We have limited time today, tomorrow, so uh, unless you really have to go, I would, I would hang around. Um, but didn't I tell you that you were not only going to be able to receive things, but you were going to be equipped? I mean, you had something that you went, that, I can take a hold of that. I can take that home, right? I can, I can see that, that interacting with God, right, that glory of God. So uh, we're not just here... Uh, for us, the gift is imparting things, certainly healing, as we need that. Um, 
but things that you can take uh, with you. Amen. Amen. And that's what we want. We want to be equipped. We want to be healed and set free, but also in that be equipped because there's people out there that won't be at this meeting, but you'll be there with them. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So that interacting, man, that was just so good. Amen. Interacting with God, that mind of Christ, right? That mind of Christ, not just you're smarter, but you're conscious of the victory of Christ. Amen? So we were taught the word this morning. The Bible says that when we're taught the word, we communicate with the teacher in all good things. Amen? So we're uh, preparing to take up an offering right now. And so uh, if you're making out a check, make it out to New Creation Church. If you're given by cash or debit or credit card, raise your hand. The ushers will give you an envelope. And um, if you're online, watch.